Don't. They always remember you. Memories don't live like people do. They don't remember you. Whether things are good or bad, it's just the memories that we have. Okay. Thank you for that. There you go. Well, on that note. (laughs) Lovely rendition. Hey, I'm Deidre. Hey, this is Christina. And this is Bagels and Plantains. Yes, it is. And we have a special guest. We are on our roll. Oh, we really are. This is this is what we do. We do this. So we want to welcome to the pod, Ty Wiggins. Woo! Ty is a certified financial trainer with the Financial Gym. She combines passion, empathy, and humor to help her clients achieve their wildest financial dreams. After an eight-year career in higher education, which we'll talk about, she was ready to empower others through financial literacy. She is personally on the road to financial freedom with the goal of building generational wealth and encouraging as many people as she can in the process. She lives in the Bronx, shout out to the BX, with her husband Jordan, shout out to Jordan, and her fur baby, Bailey. And we will talk about how you can find her later. So are you guys on a roll or you want a bagel? It just feels, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. (laughs) It's a rolling bagel. Blown. Mind blown. With that said, we're starting something new. If you were a food, what would you be? Doesn't need to be a carb. No. No. What else is there besides carbs? Sorry. That's my son's life. Yeah. I'm with him. We're basically the same person, your son and I. (laughs) Just give me carbs. Um, Let's see. If I could be any food. I mean, even at the risk of being a cannibal, because I'm going to eat myself, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But anywho, I'd be popcorn. It is my favorite food. It's so delightful, so delicious. It's shareable, although I don't share it typically. So that would be my food. Nice. So it's bagels, plantains, and popcorn. Yeah. And popcorn. You can live on popcorn. You could. You can. It's one of the better carbs for you. It's like more of a grain. I feel like I need to fact check that one, though. <laughs> you can do what you need to do. Like living on popcorn. It's popcorn and water. That crow is not with it. No. He disagrees. He That's wants fine. popcorn. It's fine. You know what? Everybody's trying to be on this podcast. So, you know, we give people Get their shine wherever they here, can. crow. So, okay. Ty. Yes. Let's talk about what you do best. Yeah. Finance. Great. So let's talk about how you got to become a financial guru on the rise. Ooh, mm-hmm. a guru on the rise. I like that. I can step into that. So I think not having a very strong financial background, like my parents aren't great with money. Um, I didn't study finance in school. I mean, personal finance wasn't a required course, which we'll talk about how that you makes me feel. should, yes. Um, I just always had a passion for it in general, probably like in the last six, seven years. Um, and after I got married, I started listening, like binging Dave Ramsey because I was like, wait, there are people that talk about personal finance. There are things I should be doing. So that really got me into it. That was that was <laughs> I me. love your face. Sorry, my face is a that. lot. You didn't. <laughs> she didn't know. She didn't know. <laughs> Sorry. It's like us I, and one person. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all welcome. Um, so sorry. Um, so I started following a lot of, I listened to a ton of Dave Ramsey podcasts. I started following tons of people on Instagram, things like that. So for a while I was like Dave Ramsey all day. I'm like, he is the only, he, he's everything. And I think knowing that there are more 
roads to financial freedom than just one and more paths was re- is really helpful to me and it's broadened my understanding and appreciation. Um, so after looking into a lot of things and following a lot of different people and hearing different voices in the space, um, I came to the financial gen specifically because I had ordered a book from this woman um, off of Amazon on pre-order. Mm-hmm. The book never came. Amazon was like, we don't know what happened, girl. We'll just refund you. And I was like, great. But then I saw on Instagram that she was actually having an event at the financial gym. And I was like, sweet, I'll get my book signed. I'll go check her out. Win, win. So I went. She was awesome. Very informative. And then when the event was over, I'm like, but what is this place? So I talked um, to one of the people that worked there, the marketing manager, asking her about it. And she was telling me about what they do. The mission is like to empower people. Um, to be empathetic, to help you with your finances, to be a coach. And I was like, are y'all hiring? And oh, I, wow. I'm, I am not, well, let me not, typically, I am not that bold of a person that would be like, put myself out there like that. Yeah. But I don't know, it just felt like, uh, what's the word? Not synchrony. What's the word? It's an S word. Oh. Serendipity? Yes, it was serendipity. <laughs> serendipitous and I was like it's up to me to ask about this and things weren't really um going super well like there was a lot of change at my previous job Mm -hmm. that I was having trouble managing as well so this really lined up really well nice what was your previous job we're finding people are starting somewhere Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the journey is not straight yeah Ever. So, so what was the job that you were ready to jump ship on? So I was in um, higher education sales with one of the largest publishers in the world. Okay. Um, And I learned a lot while I was there. I never thought I would be in sales. If you had asked me 10, 15 years ago, I never thought I would be in sales. Like my thought idea of sales was like a slimy car salesman. Um, But what I loved about that kind of sales that I was in was that it was more about relationship building. So I would maybe work an account for a year Mm -hmm. in hopes of closing. But I have to they have to get to know me. They have to see me. They have to know that I'm going to follow up. You have to kind of have personality, but also, you know, be professional. So that it was dope. What I think turned me off from it was I had a territory that I managed. It was like a two and a half million dollar territory. It was 10 schools in New York and like. After three years, I'm building. I'm, I'm building relationships. They're knowing me. They're like, "Oh, maybe we'll try this. Maybe we'll try that." And then we reorged. Oh. And half of my colleagues were laid off. Like this happened on my birthday, which is not. They didn't do it on purpose. It didn't matter. That it was my birthday, but it was like it was <laughs> like one, get her on right, her birthday, like, yeah, y'all. Right. <laughs> so it was nice that I got to keep my job. Like I was grateful for that. But like knowing that all of those relationships had been basically for naught, and then. Um, it seemed there was no rhyme or reason to how people were let go. Like people that were top performers were let go. People that didn't hit goal were let go. It was no, and there was really no insight or transparency into it. On top of the fact that they had been planning it for months, come to find out after the fact, but we weren't made aware of it. Mm. And being in publishing, like my entire, I was in publishing since 2013. So constantly reorgs like that I was used to I was used to that kind of change but what I was kind of told is that if you're in sales it's kind of the safest place to be because you're bringing in the money right so to see that nobody is untouchable I was kind of like jaded and over it and then knowing that the deals that I had closed I wouldn't be um bonused on Mm. (laughs) also just like no incentive to keep going with this job Why am I here? Why am I here? And I mean, my colleagues were amazing. My ma- my manager was amazing. Like, I'm so, 
I'm blessed to be on the team that I was on. I'm blessed to have the clients that I had, even the really hard ones. Um, but I, I had been thinking about personal finance and how to get into it for years and was just constantly disqualifying myself and talking myself out of it. Nice. So I found like, let's, let's do this. Let's jump. Awesome. So something it. there with financial gym just like resonated with you yeah. off the bat and you were like, yeah, because go for it. Yeah. And it's like going, cause I've always worked in very large organizations. Like I worked for CUNY, I worked for Cablevision. Um, I've worked for the two other companies that I don't want to talk about publishing. So if you know me, you know who I worked for, like large <laughs> organizations. Right. So to go from that to like a startup, terrified me yeah terrified me because i'm like any minute you could kind of have the rug pulled out from under you and then where do you where are you going to be but i don't know it's just something about this company like there's ultimately one of our core values is empathy Mm. so that's empathy for each other and like a really like kind of loving culture but also also empathy for our clients and knowing that where they're coming from can be stressful they may be worried about it but where they are starting isn't where they're going to finish Right. So that's really encouraging knowing that like I'm I'm generally a very like encouraging motivating person for others anyway so knowing that that could be a part of my career was amazing. And what I can honestly say is here I am the most myself than I've been in any other role. I'm literally the same goofy <laughs> the goofy random funny person that I am in real life. I'm that same person at work and I've never had I've never been able to be myself like that. So that's amazing. Wow, that's that's dope. Yeah. I mean, I, something that you touched upon was the empathy part. Mm-hmm. And as I think Christina and I have grown and lived, we realized that money is such an emotional topic. Ooh. So I definitely want to talk about the um, getting to the emotions of money and money management mm-hmm. and building finances mm-hmm. and how anyone who is maybe either fearful of losing money mm-hmm. or fearful of keeping money mm-hmm. can move through those emotions to then get to the financial life mm-hmm. and dreams that they've had. Mm-hmm. So you're a million percent right about money being highly emotional. Money is tied up into everything that we do. And it's like the crux of everything. So either people are feeling they don't have enough and they're stressed or they have too much and they're like, am I using it right? Do I have enough? And they're stressed. So I think the main way that we try to diffuse that and, and help people get past the emotion is one, if you feel like you've made mistakes and like I've made financial mistakes and I'm still undoing them, but my clients that feel like they've made emotional mistakes or financial mistakes rather, I'm like, this is a judgment-free zone. I don't care that you've made mistakes. My thing is you sitting here means that you're ready to change. And it's my job to take all of that anxiety and fear and put it into a plan so that we can take steps to make this work for you. So when thinking about clients that maybe have tons of credit card debt, maybe aren't earning enough, maybe um, they feel like they have to give to their parents because or their family because they're the first really successful ones in their family. That happens a lot. It's really me unpacking that with them, figuring out what are their end goals and figuring and seeing, okay, yes, I know you want to give to your family, but if you are in tons of credit card debt and you're not able to make ends meet, we need to secure your oxygen mask before we help you with somebody else's. That's my motto. It's it's legit. Put the mask on before you help the You can't help anybody you. else. It's legit. So it's really, that's where the encouragement part comes in. That's where the motivational part comes in. That's where we talk about mindset shifting. That's 
because what I what we do is we typically reach out like once a month just to check in with people. Um, but I'm like, but you have access to me whenever. So you can email me. You can call me. Some clients text me. More clients actually text me than should, but it's fine. I, <laughs> it's what it is. I open myself up to that. And I'm just like, I hear the good and I hear the bad. So. So when they're like freaking out yeah. about things, yes. they're like, hey, or, this is scary. Yes. So I had a client that texted me, which today, Sunday. So Friday, she um, texted me and she was like, this was a block of text. And she's like, hey, just checking in. So I'm back to overdrafting and having a really hard time with it. But on the good side, I opened up my new account and I'm putting money in there. So I don't know if she was expecting me to be like, why'd you overdraft? I was mm. more like, Okay. I'm like, thank you for telling me that you overdrafted. I because my job is to hold you accountable. Right. So if you're gonna do your job and tell me what's going on, I'm gonna hold you accountable, but I'm also gonna love on you because that's just how I am. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? I'm like, did you miscalculate? Did you was it an impulse buy? She's like, Well, you know, there wasn't really food at home and it was really busy and I didn't have time to make food and I was starving at work. I'm like, okay, boom, moving forward, let's leave like twenty dollars at work. So if there isn't any food, yeah, you can just buy something and it doesn't have to overdraft you. She's like I can do that. I'm like, I know you can. I'll talk to you later. And that's literally it. What? Yeah, it's like, it's straight like, so it's like we call ourselves, we posit ourselves as your financial bestie. So the same way that you would tell your bestie, girl, I think I, you know, I think I OD'd. I'm like, well, what's going on? Are we going to do it again? <laughs> was it worth it? You know, so it's that kind of thing. And that's, was it worth was it? it worth it? Because it was worth it, let me let's talk about it. But if it wasn't worth it, like, what are we going to do? So that's literally how I work with every single client. What is like the trend among so are most of your clients millennials or they range in? They range in age. Um, when is a millennial cut off? Like 80? Like, <sighs> someone who's 35, 36? Well, I, I don't know. It's weird. Because so it depends I, on who you I, talk to, yeah, right? I think yeah. millennials begin between 80 and 82. Okay. And they end between 94. Mm-hmm. And I've been hearing some 96s, but I don't know. Nah. Get out of here, I think 96. 90, I'll give them 94, 95. 95? They're baby millennials, yeah. and we're and we're older millennials. I feel like if you don't know who Rocco's modern life is, you're not a millennial. <laughs> but that's not legit because like who's what's eighty two? I can't even think of like I wasn't watching two two seven as a kid, mm. but people in eighty two may. Do you know what I'm saying? Like right. four years can make a huge difference, but generations are what 10, 15 years. Yeah, you don't know what Ren and Stimpy is. You're wildin'. Okay, you're doing mad. What I if mean, I didn't have Nickelodeon? True, the cable situation. You know what I'm saying? You had a friend. No, nah. not a, a lot of We wasn't my... talking about cards. Like, if I wasn't participating in the cartoon conversation, right. yeah. if I didn't have cable. I, right. I, I, and also think about, like, so um, <laughs> one of my besties is I'm Adventist, but we were talking about her growing up Adventist. She's like... Ooh, no, you can't watch that. Well, not even that, but she's like, I didn't watch any Saturday cartoons, so I'm not familiar with that. She was in church for 72 hours. Yes, but if... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's legit. But if you think about it, she's still part of the generation. But right. if you're like, you don't know Pepper Ran? Well, no, she wouldn't Pepper know Pepper Ran. Pepper Ran. Oh, that was Interesting. good. You know maybe I mean? <laughs> maybe like TJIF because I feel like TJIF ended once we became older. It's come back. It's back. Oh, Why? Yeah, they're, they're re- people they're watch TV it. on Fridays now. They're trying to get people to because you know this this new generation. Nobody's watching TV live. These, these kids. Yeah, uh, they're only on the Netflixes and the, <laughs> the Netflix. The Netflixes. <laughs> And the, what is that? The Amazon <laughs> Prime. Prime. Is it the Prime? Is it the Prime? Um, I can't keep up so, with these kids. I don't know. TikTok. But um, you had a question though. I completely I forgot. Off. Oh, so millennials. Sorry. Who are your clients? Your clients are millennials. Mm-hmm. What are like the top three trends of mm. financial woes? Woes. Yeah. Student loans. Mm. Mm. Surprise, right? Um, some credit card debt, and then it's split between. Either being underpaid at work, 
Okay. Or just not having saved enough or feeling that they've saved enough. But definitely student loans is one of the biggest pain points. Credit card debt is a huge pain point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, most of my clients are millennials. I do have a few, like maybe, maybe like five clients that are like in their 40s and 50s. But most of my clients are in my age bracket, if not like a little bit younger. And I'm happy to get the younger ones because I'm like, we can fix this before you get too far. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Um, versus the people in the 40s and 50s, we can fix it. It's going to take more work and you don't have as much time before retirement, but we can still fix it. So yeah. I'm, I I get, I I feel, I feel very connected to the people that are in my age group. And I feel very protective of the older people because I'm like, I think of my parents, like my parents actually came to be clients of the gym last month wow after my like harassing them and being like hey guys what are we doing to fix this so uh, it mostly millennials but we'll help anybody yeah okay so i'm on my financial journey right yeah i just paid off three credit cards um (laughs) i've got my little cushion great but like what I think the part that's worrying me next Mm -hmm. is, like, the investment phase. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know 100% what that means. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of millennials, because we grew up, like, we just graduated when the financial crisis hit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now I feel like, nah, I'm not putting it in the market. Are Mm -hmm. you crazy? These people are gambling. Like, they're not making sense of anything. Mm -hmm. Like. They're not serious about and, my and money. especially right. now because I work in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when I hear how consumers invest, not like how big banks invest mm-hmm. or hedge funds invest, mm-hmm. but like consumers. Like there's real, there's no real science. They're going off of emotion, right? So I'm like, well, my emotion is I'm gonna put this money. In my mattress. In my right. Mattress. <laughs> right. I'm going to roll it up in a Ziploc. Right. And, like, put it in a coffee can <laughs> underneath the sink. Right. Which is not how money the, grows. The Cafe Bustelo can. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm a drug dealer. Here. Yeah. So stupid. Anyway. It's not stupid. You just... It's not stupid. It's a safety. It is. It's a safe. And I'm just like, well, if they're going to spend my money, mm-hmm. then I'll spend it. Like, mm-hmm. why, why even risk that Mm -hmm. so how do we get comfortable with the investment because it's so much to learn it is and it's intimidating i don't want to even say like it's hard i hate saying that Mm -hmm. but it's just intimidating it's designed to be intimidating unfortunately Mm -hmm. um and i am personally working through learning a ton more about investing for myself so that i can speak more confidently to people about it i know the basics at this point because you know in this role or whatever so what i will say to your first point about the stock market dropping out 11 years ago at this point. Ooh, that's crazy. I know, right? Wow. Yeah, because it was 08, right? Mm-hmm. So people that held their money in the market, the market is already completely rebounded from there. Right. Who got messed up were people who were close to retirement. Because obviously Mm -hmm. they didn't have time for the market to rebound. But one of the nice things about us being younger and having time to let that money sit and grow is even if there's any kind of volatility and stupidness, it'll rebound and you're Gucci. The biggest other big thing about investing is typically we should be looking at it as a long term. Right. And you want it to be invested accordingly. So if it's like one to four years, let's say you're like saving up for a down payment in the next one to four years, you should probably have it like... 75, 25, um, maybe even 60, 40 stocks because it's a little less volatile than like 90, 10. And yeah. your, your retirement 
is invested, right? That's mm-hmm. going to be 90-10 typically because it's more than 10 years out. If anything happens with the market, you're going to get that money back. But if I were like five years from retirement, what's nice about the like the target date funds, that just means like, okay, they expect you to retire in the year 2050. So it'll be a 2050 target date fund. So because it's more than 10 years out, it's going to be a 90% um, stocks, 10% bonds because stocks are riskier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As you're like five years out, they're like, let's actually do like 60, 40 because we don't want her to lose this money in case things get really crazy. So that's automatically going to be readjusted. So if you're thinking about investing for yourself in a non-retirement investment account, that's kind of like the asset allocation that you should be sticking to. Okay. The other point about the fear of the market, which is completely understandable, is we're investing one to grow our money, but to hedge against inflation. Mm. If you leave that money sitting in your mattress. It's losing money. It's losing money. It's not going to be worth as much as it is today as in 10 years. You know what I mean? So I would say start really slow, start small. I started with Stash. Um, when I'm thinking about, I opened up a, a Schwab account to maybe put like $5, $10 here I've heard or there. good things about Schwab. Yeah. What I didn't know about Schwab, <laughs> sorry, Schwab is great, but like it was a hard inquiry. And I was like, Oh, I wish I had known it hit that. the credit score. It did. And it yeah. was, it was fine. I'm, I'm still Gucci, but I was just like, well, this was unexpected. How long is that going to take to come off? But it's fine. It'll be off in a couple of months. Um, okay. But anywho, um, I would start with Stash because Stash, is, are you guys familiar with Stash? Because I don't want to preach to the I feel choir. like I've heard it. Yeah. But for our listeners, yeah. there's so many apps. There's a bunch. I use Capital yes. and they've just started the investment yes. leg. Mm-hmm. But we have to be careful, especially in finance, because they're like, oh, what's this account yeah. we found? And you're like, eh. Get off my <laughs> Jeez, there's $10 I'm not a trader. It. Right. Yes, $1,000. Get off my back, <laughs> right. bruh. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Anyway. Don't hold back. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. This is like, damn, can I, yeah. Yeah. Can o- I live? Can I get o- rich? OBI is real. Let's o- just say that. OBI? Outside business interest. Ooh. They yeah. don't even know all my side yeah. hustles. <laughs> they don't even know. But this is on the books. So I had to be like, oh, no, I can't have that. Delete. Delete. Yeah. So it's kind of annoying, that part, because it's like, all right, then how do I... Grow my wealth? How do I grow my wealth? So do I just got to leave finance? So what do they tell you to do? Like, how do they want you to grow your wealth? So, I mean, it's it's a, it's a part like, it's a lot of risk involved with OBI. So if I am working for one firm and I have my money managed by another firm, mm-hmm. there could be insider trading. There could be different things that's going on, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why they do it and want to alert because it becomes a risk, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think when it comes down to, A, not everybody works in finance, Mm-hmm. Um, and B, if you're just trying to start outside of your 401k, mm-hmm. then like, I mean, I think that the apps should be fine, mm-hmm. but you also just have to know what your company will allow and won't allow. Okay. Um, so let us know more about Stash. Sure. Yes. So I use, I started using Stash recently and it's nice because you only need a little as $5 to start investing and you're buying into ETFs, um, ETFs, electronically funds. Traded, traded, traded funds versus you. mutual funds. Um, so basically, you're buying a basket of funds, yeah. and it's a little more stable than just buying one individual stock. So what I've done with Stash, I have my little fifteen dollars invested. I've already lost money, but it's fine. And I that's think the, that's, that's the when most you freak part. out. Yeah, because like I, I, I just don't I, look at it. Yeah, I honestly have stopped looking at my four hundred one k. Yeah, because like on a regular basis, I'm like, what you mean? I just lost three hundred dollars. Right. 
Where'd it go? Right. Well, who, who took who it? Took oh, it? Yeah. I want it back. Well, it should be... The market is doing much better. But, no, it's correct. Right. You should, be, you should be yeah. straight now. Yeah. Now, but, um, but... When you see the red... No, I lost like three... three you're like, hey, 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 what happened? But the, to her point, because we're young... Right. We have time to rebound and recuperate that. Yes. So um, set it and forget it. Kinda. Set it and forget it. And then when you're more comfortable, we'll get back to Sasha Promise. But when you're more comfortable, you can also invest in non-retirement investment accounts and you can change the asset allocation. You'll have a lot more control over what yeah. you're buying into. So I've lost five cents with Stash. It's mm. fine. <laughs> Take all the money. You're, you'll make it back. I I'll, believe in you. I, what, what happened was I invested in. I did a moderate mix, so you know that's a little less aggressive. An aggressive mix, which is obviously aggressive and kind of volatile. And I did corporate cannabis, and that's where I'm Ooh, losing yeah. all my money. Less, you're losing your money. I'm losing all my cannabis. money. I put in five dollars. I'm down to four dollars and eighty six cents. Okay, you know it's, it's coming back. I it's know it's going to come back. I'm not worried about it. So I I play with this. I like stash because it also has a I lot. I like that. Yeah. So in, I, every Monday, it's going to invest $5. So every week, I've decided to do that. And I just need to figure out where I'm going to put it. My heart is telling me, see, this, and this is why investing can be scary. Because I'm like, I've already lost money in cannabis. Why would I put more in? But then I'm like, Ty, they're about to legalize it. Everywhere. We need to get this money. So yeah. it's going to go. So I'm like, part of me wants to put some in corporate cannabis and then a little more in the other parts. But yeah. what I like about Stash is that they break down a lot of different or difficult to understand um investing concepts okay. they have a stash learn section which is Ooh. nice yeah so i recommend it and it's like the only only thing is with the fees they take about one percent which doesn't sound like a lot but if i'm not making a whole ton it can get yeah. to be a bit pricey but for me i'm willing to take the risk because i want to learn more about this okay so i'll play with this for a while mm. and then i'll start playing with Schwab, which is like big money the big yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was going to say 1% or less. Well, you don't want to go more than 1%. Right. No, that's true. Um, and the industry standard is like 1% and less. Right. But um, if I'm not yeah. seeing a 1% return, that means I'm losing money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like I said, yeah. I'm I'm willing to, to eat that just to play with this a little more and to learn. Because I can't, I can't tell people to do something that I'm not doing. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's my thinking. I think it'll help if, especially with that, like mm -hmm. mixing up like how you invest. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll make you want to educate yourself more just about the news in general. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because cannabis might be low today because some state had some issue with right. something. And so people were fearful and started selling right. or buying. Right. Um, and now I'm getting very... See, I know about it. I know you know. But I'm just... Uh, so, because, so uh, here's what I'll say to you. You know about this. You're just not confident that you know about it. So yeah. I would say read up on things to kind of build your confidence and, and gird your loins yes i've never i've never used that phrase in real life word what does that mean <laughs> biblical gird, gird your, your loins. loins oh like guard your yeah, loins. yeah 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 oh shit so that you're protect, protect your neck right protect your neck <laughs> thank you protect there your you neck you know what i mean speaking wu-tang right? i got it <laughs> I was like, what is gird your, gird your loins? loins. I don't like that. Nope. It's, then it's 3 yeah, BC. Um, <laughs> so I would do that and just feel more. That's why I'm starting small, but also why I'm reading as much as I can. Um, what actually made me want to invest in cannabis, despite the, well, apart from the fact that it'll eventually be legalized, is I was following this person on Instagram and they were just talking about how black and brown people have been disproportionately like talk that shit talk <laughs> about for, it for either selling or using cannabis and now that it is becoming more acceptable 
um, we should be the ones that are profiting the most off of it. And that doesn't mean you have to sell it. doesn't mean you have to own a dispensary, but maybe investing in companies that are mm-hmm. doing medical research on cannabis or whatever that looks like. So I'm, I'm starting yeah. here, but I want to keep growing my knowledge in that. But okay. I'm open to everything. Okay. I'll let you know when seed funding is open for the farm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Her farm, that is. No, I, no, I figured. But <laughs> it's going to be our farm, guys. Got it. It's all our farms. It's all our farms. But seed funding? Because eh? eh? it's eh? a plant. Eh? I like that. I like. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. She's like on that. the ball. I yes. am. I'm She's on it. So I guess another questions? another thing that I wanted to ask is: Is there any advice that you would give to your younger selves? I mean, we're we're thirty somethings. I've been trying to get us to be twenty somethings for the longest time, at least in podcast yeah. years. Right, but it just won't stick. No. So yes, <laughs> we're we're all thirty two ish. No, I'm playing. Oh, I'm like, you're not I'll be 32 in May. Yeah, sorry. Oh, we're baby. either on the verge of 32 in the cusp or on the rise of 32. We're in our early 30s. Yes, yes. Right? What's the, what's it, the best advice that you would give your younger self? Um, I wrote down a few things I would give to general 20-year-olds. Um, so I'll, I would give this to me too. Um, begin saving as early as possible. That can be investing, but it can also be just like, Hedging up that, building up that emergency fund, um, just putting money up for the for the future because the beautiful the beauty of compound interest we can't be overstated. So I would do that. Um, don't be afraid to negotiate when you get a job. Mm. I and that would be like directly directly at me, like shots Word. fired at myself um, for my first job in corporate was like. I was just happy for the opportunity, right? And I was like, you idiot. <laughs> every every increase is based off of your base salary. So if you undervalue yourself, you're going to screw you're yourself. behind. Right. So that I would say like, don't, don't just, yes, be grateful for the opportunity, but they expect you to negotiate. They want you to negotiate. There is a little bit of room in that um, budget or in that salary that they're giving you for you to continue to push your salary higher. Um, and it's just a good practice like best practice to do that because we negotiate in every part of our lives just in different ways so it's good to make sure that you're keeping that that muscle fresh um then i would also say learn about the credit card game before you start to play it because you will lose if you don't Mm. and i feel that most people aren't taught to properly play this game but once you learn how to play it you can win it so past me what a beautiful fool she was. Just like, <laughs> what a beautiful fool, fool she was. Um, she just spent and and didn't have any regard. Well, it's like free money. Oh, my God. I'm so glad that they're just loaning this to me. And now I'm obviously digging myself out of that, which is which is fine. I, I recognize the mistake. And then um, I think the biggest one is don't let FOMO, fear of missing out for those non-millennials who are listening, um, ruin your credit or derail your goals. Facts. Because Instagram or Facebook is a liar. It's it's a lie. (laughs) It's a whole lie. It's everybody's highlight reel. Like nobody is spending every week in Bali or in Thailand or in New Zealand. Like niggas is working. Like... Let's be real. Because it's working and, and that's fine. So for me, it's it's Facts. those are the biggest things that I would have told my past self, but what I also tell my clients now in the most loving, kind way possible. Because the earlier you get that in your mind, that you start saving, that you learn how to play the credit game, that you don't let FOMO derail you, you're gonna be so golden. It's gonna be amazing. And I tell clients, I'm like, 
because you don't have a ton of debt or because you make this income and you're starting now, I'm like, you're going to be so wealthy. It's about to be bananas. Wow. And I tell them that and they're like, really? I'm like, yes, you have no idea. <laughs> you're about to be wild wealthy and I can't wait. So yeah. Yes. Those, those are things that I would tell. That's where I started my, just because that brought me back mm-hmm. to Dave Ramsey's. Mm-hmm. It's like his everyday millionaire. Yes. yes. His country bumpkinness sometimes yeah, it's a little irky. Yeah, 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 yeah. much. Yeah. But it's facts. Like, he's not making it super complicated. It's like work, mm-hmm. stop overspending, mm-hmm. pay off shit, mm-hmm. don't go out to eat. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. You don't need an Audi if you live in your mama's basement. Bruh. Get yourself a little Hondi Civi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, use, put the windows down. Yeah. Like, get another job, yeah. get a side hustle, do something. Right. Because thinking that you have to, like, I don't know. Stunt for the gram? Stunt for the gram. And that's going to make you any money? No. No. But, you know, I also think that where, where like, Dave and a lot of financial gurus have it well is, like, yes, you can put these restrictions on you to get to the places you need to be. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need to get your hair done. You do. And sometimes right. you do. You need to, like, maybe not a spa day, but maybe you need to get your nails done to kind of decompress. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to do certain things, but mm-hmm. it's not a zero-sum game. Like, you can't, don't have to do everything at right. once, and then you have to do, like, nothing. Right. It could be a little bit of a balance. So Yes. How do you coach your clients through that? Because I know that's the yeah, biggest thing. Yeah, where is the balance? And that's an amazing question, and that's, I think, the biggest issue. Because I am a former Dave Ramsey knight. Dave Ramseyite. Um, I've actually taught FPU. Like I was, I was in it, and I was, wow. I was in in. Um, but what I think the issue I had was, you have you can't see the inside of a restaurant unless you're working there. Um, you can't go on vacation. You can't do this. You can't do that. And for some people, like having that super restrictive, like balls to the wall, we're not doing jack smack until this paid off. That works. But my personality type, that does not work. Your girl needs balance. So for my clients, what we do is we ask them, um, we find out what their goals are. Mm -hmm. I'm making sure that the spending plan or the budget is in line with those goals, even if they're like future goals. Like when I'm building a plan, I'm looking for your one to three year goals, but I'm also asking about midterm and like 10 years out because I want to make sure that we have a a long term look at what you're going to do. But I also ask, what are one to two things that you could not live without. Like if I didn't include them, if I didn't leave you money for them, you would rebel against the plan and we would be further back. Mm. And typically it's like travel, it's fitness. For um, my black female clients, sometimes it's hair. Because especially if they're like in corporate or they're in sales or they're in a place where they feel they need to be like, pulled together they're yeah. like i need money for this i'm like i hear you i'm not gonna have your yeah, hair looking this term like is not gonna work right i'm not gonna have you looking like miss Seely. i get it that's not that's not the vibe you're going for that's fine um now i have i do have clients that these are we call those those sacred they're sacred cows so we i want to include them but if there's no room in your budget and you're over i'm gonna say okay it's in here but you're in the red every month where are we making more money or where else are we cutting mm. because you didn't say that you're, you have a $700 car note, but you also want to spend $300 a month on your hair, which is the sacred cow. And if they're both sacred cows, where are we getting this money from? So that's where the real real talk tie comes in. <laughs> right. <laughs> comes in. So that's kind of how I try to balance it. And that's, like I said, that was my biggest thing with with Dave. It's like, you know, $1,000 saved up. And, and, and most people... Very few people have $1,000 to cover an emergency that comes up. So 
him him even having people start there is a huge goal and a huge deal but there's still more work to be done and you still need to take into account that people need balance and and sometimes you just need uh, like you said a spa day or you need to get your nails done or you need that for your mental well-being mm -hmm. so that's yeah. how we try to take a balanced approach at the gym that makes sense mm -hmm. i go like and then it does when you're going so severe mm -hmm. It's like when you're on a diet mm -hmm. and you're like, nah, mm -hmm. I'm not eating French fries. I'm just going to eat salads. Right. And then you get so miserable and sad. Yep. And then you go to McDonald's mm -hmm. and then order Shake Shack. everything. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, like, I'm like, going to get a one to then ten. Then you feel yeah, like yeah, thank crap you. about it. Mm -hmm. So it's like with spending. You're like, I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. You go to brunch with your friends. Yeah. Which turns into like a bar call yep. maybe. Yep. Which turns into maybe some impulse buying. Yep. And then you're so sad about it. And then you're like. Fuck it. I suck at this money thing. And then you then you just back to square one. Back right. to square one. But then with the financial gym, that's when you text Ty and you're like, girl, things went crazy over the weekend. <laughs> I'm like, OK, I just blacked. I just blacked out. <laughs> things happen. That's fine. How are we going to redirect? How are we going to get you back on track? Because for, for so I think the biggest thing for me in, in finding success or continuing to build success, because I don't feel like I'm successful yet. I'm getting there is having a team of people that I'm accountable to. So initially it was my therapist, then it was my personal trainer, then it was my financial trainer. Knowing that if I'm wilding out, she can just pull up my account and say, hey, Ty, you spent way more money than you said you were finna spend, boo. What we gonna do? It's like, no, you're right. I'm wilding. So, <laughs> <laughs> so having that- What's wrong of, with me? What's wrong with me? I don't know. Are these my goals? So knowing that somebody is there, not necessarily to like wag a finger at you and say, what are you doing? But to like pull you out of the depths of that misery or that downward spiral that i think is one of the huge keys to success um with a journey like this like with the fitness journey with the financial journey even with the business journey you know what i mean because like i i'm not haven't opened my own business yet but like i imagine that it's tumultuous it's mm -hmm. emotional maybe some days you're like why the hell am i even doing this so you need someone who's either further along or walking step by step with you that you can vent to and talk to and balance things back out so I love that. So before we let you go, mm -hmm. we definitely want to have another question. We talked about like how to get to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about like future planning. Like a lot of people, I know specifically for me, now that my parents are getting older, mm. now that I'm getting older, mm -hmm. thinking about like getting married, mm -hmm. building families, etc. Mm -hmm. What do we need to have in place, basically, for us to then make sure that we are set for the future? Aside from the 401k and the things that we're putting our money into now, mm -hmm. how do we need to then protect that income that wealth that we have been growing mm -hmm. from Uncle Sam. So, protecting it from Uncle Sam. So we're thinking about like tax shelters and things like that. Not even that. Maybe okay, not, that not deep. sorry. Yeah, because <laughs> I was, like... I was. <laughs> <laughs> not even that deep. Because I know one of the biggest things that I that killed me mm -hmm. about the fact that, other than the fact that Prince and Aretha died, was mm -hmm. the fact that they had no estate planning. Oh, so estate planning is obviously huge, depending on how much estate. You got going on. Mm -hmm. But I think for like the regular, regular average person, um, having a um, life insurance policy, term life, not whole life. Mm. Ter Sorry, not going to talk about that. Term life, a 20, maybe a 30 year policy. So that especially if you have kids, if you're married, yes. But if you have kids, a thousand percent. And it shouldn't cost you that much, especially if you start early enough. Um, for your parents, if they're over 60, you want to think about long-term care insurance so that 
in their older years, they can be protected and have that kind of money there. And then if thinking about kids, if you have them or if you're planning for their financial future, investing in either a 529 plan, which is a tax protected investment account. But if or if you think your kid may not want to go to college, just putting it in a brokerage account for their future. Mm, okay. Either of those would be good. Um, the 529 plan obviously has benefits of being tax protected, but it's only for school. So it can either be um, higher education or even like private school for like Catholic school or with a regular brokerage account that's just can be used for their business. You do have the tax implications with that. Okay. But, why not? So why term and not life or universal or insurance? whole? Yeah. 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 So, okay. The Long story because I've been suckered into a everyone has million dollar policy. Yeah, and how much are you paying for? If you don't mind my ass, guap. Too, too much. Too much. <laughs> nah, like three twenty five. I want to say. A month? A month? I think so. Nah. So it's maybe more than a million dollar policy. It better be. My kid is yo nah. between. Nah. <laughs> if me and Sheldon got hit nah. by a bus, this kid's gonna be like. Bust no. it up, bust it up. <laughs> bust it up. Bust it up. <laughs> it shouldn't cost you more, depending on your health, your yeah. age. Fifty bucks. For like a quarter million dollars, maybe five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so, no, I have way more than that. But three twenty five is still too high. Od, right? It's od. So the problem with whole life policies is that they are an investment vehicle wrapped in um, an insurance product. Okay, but they don't do either very well. If you look at like the term sheet that you get from them, you don't really start seeing any kind of payout to like 15, 20 years in. And if you see how much you've paid versus how much your payout is going to be, it's not really worth it. With term life insurance, term life is designed if you or you or your partner were to pass and nobody was there to take care of the kid, there would be enough money to cover him. He doesn't need coverage for his entire life because at a point he'll be able to make his own money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you also think so, it's basically insured to protect against. Um, if anything happens before he's an adult and able to make his own money, it's also good if you, I will say, if your parents are a co-signer on your student loans, you want to have whole life, um, term life insurance on you because if you pass away, they don't pass with you. Uh... So if like people, I have clients that have like $100,000 that they owe and their parents co-signed on it, I'm like, you need to take out, uh, term life insurance on you because if you die... Your parents are going to be owed on this, and this could like bankrupt them or cripple them. Yeah, that's messed up. So do not long TLDR whole life is too expensive. It's not a great investment product. It's not a great insurance product. Like okay. it doesn't do either of those things well. Like the returns aren't nearly what you would see in the market. Um, go with term. Long story short. Okay. Okay. I had another question that fell out. I want them all. Um, damn. Give them all. Damn. There's enough time. Okay. What's the next question? What can we do? There we go. As women, mm. as people of color, because mm-hmm. we're always talk, we're only talking like when things are doing great, and not even then, because mm-hmm. we're kind of told like talking about money is tacky, mm-hmm. which is so weird. Because mm-hmm. like it's okay to have, I don't know, a three thousand dollars book bag or right. like, yeah. but it's not okay to mm-hmm. talk about your finance health. Mm-hmm. So what are some conversations we should be having with each other? Mm-hmm. Just to know like what the playing field is. That's a great question and actually something I'm personally really passionate about just because, like to your point, we'll sit and talk about, you know, I was with this guy last night and yada, yada, yada. What do you make? Oh, don't be asking me no personal questions about my salary and how much I make. Like we have two completely yeah. different. Yeah. So what I try to do is I get vulnerable first. So for I'll give you a specific example. We were supposed to um, go to brunch 
I think a couple of months ago with some friends. And like I said, Jordan and I are on a financial journey. I'm not out here trying to derail us. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, guys, why don't we just do dinner or do a potluck at somebody's house? We can bring a bottle. That's less expensive than paying for brunch drinks. We can be as loud as we want. They have a really nice space. So we did that. And we saved all of this money because we didn't we didn't price up for brunch. We just decided to do something kind of intimate together. So I think just saying, hey, I would love to do X, Y, and Z, but this isn't necessarily in my budget. Are you open to doing this, that, and the third? Because nine times out of 10, it's not in their budget either. But because you took the first step and said, I can't really afford it. Girl, I can't afford it either. I spent too much on this. It kind of eases the tension and makes it more comfortable to talk about. That's yeah. genius. That is genius. No, I, I definitely, I mean, hey, listen. <laughs> I know, right? Ding. It's the little things in life that you don't even think it's about. The little yeah. things in life. All right. So to wrap up, mm -hmm. where do they find you? Where do we find the financial gym? Mm -hmm. And you have something really cool for our listeners. I so do. So I'll start. Let us know. So for any Bagels and Bagels and Plantons listeners, um, if you sign up for the Financial Gym at thefinancialgym.com or follow us on Instagram at thefinancialgym, um, you will get 15% off a year's, your year membership. So every month we'll take off 15% for the first year that you're with us. Um, all you have to do is say, I found the podcast. I found uh, the Financial Gym through the Bagels and Plantains podcast. Um, so you can find me on um, Instagram at tai.nyc. And I'm not on Facebook. So I guess the best way to hit me up would be to um, DM me on IG. And that's sweet. my spiel. And make Let sure you give Ty credit. For whenever you say, you know, bagels and plantains. Oh, yeah. Make oh. sure you shout out that Ty came commission, girl? on bagels and plantains. I, it's, you know, it's a group effort. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to work on that. Make sure you shout out Ty. Yeah, you can say, I heard Ty on the Bagels and Plantains podcast, and she said I got 15% off, and I like to do that. So they already know. My office already knows this is what Lit. we're doing. So I wanted to extend that for any listeners. Boom, awesome. awesome. And then awesome. check out Ty awesome. at the Financial Gym. Yeah, you know, she... Is also journeying, so she's not judgmental. She's giving you guys, she's loving up on you. I am. And we love that. So thank you so much for coming, Ty. Sure. It was my pleasure. I really had a this great time. fun. Yeah. All right. All we right. out. That's it. You know where to find us. We're on every system. We're here all Stupid the time. Up. Follow us on at Bagels, A-N-D, Plantons. Yes, yes. And y'all take care. RSVP to the party. Yeah. I'll, we'll add show notes, guys. We'll do it. All right. Later. <laughs>